everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Ruby Story. This week, we're talking to Vlad Dem. Vlad, do you want to say hi? Uh, yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. So, yeah, my phone name is actually Vladimir uh, Dementiev, but it's kind of tricky, so Vlad is okay. <laughs> Let's use it. Nice. Yeah, we had you on um, episode 394 of Ruby Rogues. We talked about uh, cables, concurrency, and Ruby three by three, which I'm, 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 I don't know. It'd be nice to have a faster Ruby, Ruby version three, but I, I get excited about it and then I kind of, it kind of dies down. But anyway, this episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, let people know who you are, where you're from, uh, where you're working at, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, let's start with who, who I am and where I'm from. So my name is Vladimir. I'm currently working for a company called Evil Martians, so mm -hmm. a consultancy agency. And uh, right now I'm based in New York City and Brooklyn. I moved here just half a year ago from Moscow. So we have two main bases, so Evil Martians in Moscow and New York City. So, and... Uh, well, I'm doing kind of a lot of open source stuff. So we already mentioned cables. So a project of mine is my main project, I think, uh, is any cable and uh, some others open source stuff for mostly for Ruby, like a test pro for profiling test suites or action mm -hmm. policies, kind of an alternative to Kanka and Pandit for authorization. And I'm, of course, I'm working on some commercial projects. Uh, so as a part of my work. Mostly again rails and related stuff. Cool. Well, <laughs> I'm going to dive in, and we're going to kind of get your story on how you got into Ruby and programming and things like that. And that's what this uh, this uh, show is about. It's it's always interesting to me to see how people got into programming and how they came to Ruby. You know, some people it's it's real simple. It's like, oh well, I, you know somebody introduced me to it and I started programming Ruby and that's kind of their whole story. But for other people, it, it takes a little bit longer route. So how did you get into programming? Yeah, well, it all started, I think, about 10 years ago, actually. Oh yeah, already 10 years. So uh, of course I had some programming classes in the university and mm -hmm. high school, but I didn't like it. So I never thought I'd be professional programmer ever so that wasn't something that excited me those days uh, and then during my third year of education in the university I had to find some job some some part-time work and it turned out that that work uh, 
was related a little bit to programming. Actually, I was making educational uh, animation stuff uh, using Flash and other technologies. So it wasn't directly programming, but I started learning Flash and uh, Adobe, other Adobe uh, programs uh, for mm -hmm. building educational content. And that's how I actually got into programming uh, in my professional career. I started learning ActionScript. So that's my first language. It's probably not typical uh, because <laughs> I don't know any other person who started with ActionScript. And uh, I started doing object-oriented programming with ActionScript. It's, well, something... Uh, th that's what's make programming interesting for me, actually, when I realized there was an object-oriented programming, which seemed to me like an interesting stuff. And I started doing that, and eventually I became a kind of professional action script programmer um, and built some quite complex stuff. Like uh, right, right now, we're using Zoom for conferencing. I had mm -hmm. to build kind of the same software using Flash and uh, RTMP technologies oh, wow. from scratch. Yeah, that was one of the most uh, exciting things I ever built in my life. That was years before I found Ruby actually. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of a in chart how I got to programming. So I had to get some money <laughs> to buy some food. You know? <laughs> Not so bad, but yeah, you know. In Russia, it's very typical when you start working uh, the third, uh, fourth year of your higher education because, well, everyone does that. So, mm -hmm. so that's pretty typical. Yeah, I had a job basically since i was 14 so i, I kind of oh, get that cool so, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll spare everyone the details of my first job it was not very glamorous but uh yeah that makes a ton of sense so so you get in you you're programming you're uh you're paying the bills and how, how do you get from there to ruby yeah well it was I don't remember exactly, but it was probably 2012 or 13. It was the year Coursera started. And one of the first courses on Coursera was uh, like a building SaaS applications uh, with Rails and Ruby. Mm -hmm. That's actually how I started uh, learning Ruby. Because uh, those days I was working in the startup. We were building, we were building, we were building uh, learning management system, SaaS system. Mm -hmm. And I just became a CTO of this company, actually just because I was the only technical person in the company. <laughs> Nothing serious, but that's, that's why. And uh, I decided, well, it's, this, this title sounds like it's something I have to learn because it's directly related to what I'm doing right now, building SaaS applications. And I started learning, and it turned out it actually was an introductionary course to Rails. Nothing uh, regarding SaaS applications at all, but was like Rails testing and all that stuff. And uh, it was in the years of, I guess, Ruby 1.9 and Rails 3.2. So I had a very little experience with those older versions of Ruby and Rails. And I was kind of really excited about Ruby and the Rails, of course. Um, one of the most exciting things was testing. I have never written so much tests before. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I almost never written tests uh, <laughs> <laughs> before. And uh, writing tests was something that was one of the first reasons I liked Ruby. And, of course, this metaprogramming stuff. It was, wow, it was amazing. I can do pretty right. 
interesting things. So that was kind of the first time I met Ruby. And uh, about a year or a year and a half later, uh, I decided to rewrite our system from scratch using Rails. I was kind of confident that Rails is the right tool for this mm -hmm. kind of uh, application, for this kind of service, and started working on this. And that was my first kind of commercial work on Rails. With Rails. Very cool. What what was it about Ruby and Rails that appealed to you over uh, ActionScript and Flash and things like that? Well, uh, actually, ActionScript and Flash uh, and my Ruby work, they kind of coexisted pretty mm -hmm. good. And uh, from some point, I started uh, using metaprogramming and ActionScript. And hopefully, it was possible. So it's pretty good language, actually. And I started implementing kind of patterns from Ruby there and back and forth. And it was this kind of a great thing when you know a few languages, you can use techniques from one and another, and that makes uh, it more interesting and more powerful, I think. Actually, the, the third language in my stack is Erlang. And so for the same, same time, I was building three different parts of this, the whole application in three different oh, languages. Wow. Yeah, this was kind of an interesting experience. So, you know, working in startups, startups allows you to try a lot of different new things. That was great. But finally, I started mostly Ruby developer and uh, I was digging deeper and deeper into Ruby and I started doing open source work. That's kind of a, the third pillar of my Ruby love actually, uh, because it forced me, and it encouraged me to be an open source developer. Mm -hmm. so due to Ruby, I started doing that because in ActionScript world, there were almost no such thing as open source. Uh, and uh, Erlang had open source project, but well, it's the community is still not as big as the Ruby one. Right. So, so Ruby opened the door for me to open source. And that's one of the greatest things about Ruby and me, myself. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I remember seeing your name pop up here and there and, you know, when Ruby was kind of still growing its ecosystem, you know, on some of the open source projects. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, according to open source and Ruby, the pivotal point was uh, when I joined Evil Martians uh, about three years ago. Before that, I had some open source activities, but uh, frankly speaking, I didn't have a lot of mentoring for this uh, and support from my company uh, because no one had an experience with that actually just because that and I joined this team of everyone passionate about open source and that's kind of a great environment to uh, build things and that's when I started doing actually any cable project and uh, which is still the most uh, kind of a popular project of my and uh, a lot of other stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. I started doing conferencing and all that uh, because I got into this open source friendly community, uh, open source friendly company. That's great. Yeah, um, I I'm a little curious too because some people, they don't really get why you would spend time on an open source project for free. And then other people really get passionate about it. So I'm curious, what, what's the appeal to you for open source? Like, why work on it? 
Oh, that's a good question. I think uh, that's kind of a way to give something back to the community, to build something for many people, not just for the project you're working on, build something useful. It's, mm-hmm. I can't say that some, there are some, there are some other uh, kind of a advantages of doing open source for example, from the company perspective. So why do we support open source? It's actually a great way to attract uh, new people to the company who are also passionate about new technologies, new stuff or building things. So it's a way to attract clients, of course. And it's a way to show that we're not just another, uh, you know, sweatshop, but we're trying to be something more than that. So we have some idea. And uh, so I personally share this idea of the company as well. So try to be in front of it. Very cool. So you mentioned any cable. Are there other projects that you're working on right now? Oh, yeah. Well, right now, um, I just finished a few weeks ago, finally, this uh, big rail stuff, action cable testing utilities uh, finally they got merged into rails and they already available in rails better one mm-hmm. so that was kind of a long live project uh and uh, I have some few smaller projects some jams i'm currently extracting from the project i'm working on so kind of a, they all have some rails names like active delivery abstract notifier and a few others so yeah um I'm trying to build as much open source from the work I'm doing because I think it could be useful for someone else. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. But big projects still, the biggest one is Anycable. Hopefully uh, we have a bunch of projects in our portfolio who, which use it and we have some uh, feature ideas and other improvements to do. And uh, another one, uh, I haven't worked on it since probably summer it's test prof but i have a roadmap for it too so it's right. a collection of testing profiling utilities and um yeah another one the third i think large project kind of its action policy is still uh not there yet so i'm currently actively working on it with again again within the existing projects and right. that's that's enough actually i mean pretty 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 big uh Open source projects is kind of too much if you don't spend the whole of your time for open source. And I, I can't say I got this burnout thing, but uh, I definitely could do more things if I had more time. But <laughs> that's, that's kind of the reason I don't want to build another great thing. Hopefully we have a lot of new people in the company and I share ideas with them and they build it. And that's a really mm-hmm. great. So right now I'm mostly sharing my uh, non, not implemented stuff I'm thinking about for a long time. I was thinking about. So, yeah. And another thing, that, so during this year, this year I started uh, a new project uh, using Rails 6. And almost every day I'm doing some pull requests to different jams uh, to add support for L6. It's also kind of a mm-hmm. thing I'm working on right now. So it's also interesting. So I never, I never used uh, Edge Rails version. Um, 
the, all my previous projects had Rails 4 something. I, so I skipped Rails 5 and I started from Rails 6 in the new one. That's finally. <laughs> and what's your, uh, what, what's your take on the new version? Well, I, don't, I, I can say I need a lot of new frameworks within Rails 6, like uh, action tags and action mail docs. I'm not going to use them. One of the reasons is probably action cable and uh, active storage. There are mm -hmm. two things which I want to use heavily. Right. Um, and of course, Webpacker is default uh, assets builder and uh, probably database related improvements. Uh, well, I just started a new project and we do not need this uh, multiple databases, but mm -hmm. in the future we'll likely need them. Uh, credential stuff, yeah, never try it. So I'm actually I'm kind of a rediscovery in Rails because previous three years I've only been reading about new stuff in Rails, but never used it. <laughs> even Action Cable, even I built any cable, which is kind of an addition to it. I never use it in production. <laughs> actually, I haven't had a chance for that. So right now I can try everything which, which is on the edge, and that's great. Um, if people want to find you online, where do they go? Uh, the better place to find me is probably GitHub. So my nickname is Pelkan, it's P-A-L-L-K-N-N, Pelkan. And uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Pelkan underscore Tula. Just, yeah, Tula is my hometown in Russia. Uh, so that's the reason. And I'm writing some short posts on Dev2 under the same nickname as Pelcantula. That's probably all the places where you can find me. And hopefully I'll be visiting conferences this year, at least RailsConf and RubyConf in the United States. Not sure about Europe, but I'll try to visit as many conferences in the States as possible. Very cool. Uh, one other thing that I'm curious about is uh, if people had watched your journey into code and then into Ruby, uh, what lessons do you think they'd take away from it? Well, so my journey was kind of a long to Ruby. Yeah, I learned a few other languages before. And uh, actually, it was not right now. It was a few years ago, I realized that Ruby, uh, I think Ruby is not as the best language to learn when you start programming. So it shouldn't be the first language to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks simple, but it actually has a lot of complex things like metaprogramming. I don't think it's easy to understand metaprogramming if you haven't programmed at all. That's one of the things. So for me, Ruby was maybe a little bit easier to understand because I had an experience with other languages. Right. Uh, so that's one of the things I think from my story. And if you learned some languages, try Ruby and you can find that it's really good and it's really beautiful and it's yeah, you know, uh, great tool to use to build something. Nice. Well, the last section of the show is picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about on the show? Yeah. So my pick is going to be about something I recently tried at work again. That's a project called Danger we heard about it. Uh, that's a kind of a code review automation tool. Uh, I wanted to try it for a long time, but finally I had a chance to do that and it turned out to be really cool. So what it does, it, uh, it has some 
uh, kind of DSL to add different arbitrary checks in, in, in your repository, in your project, uh, integrated with CI. So for example, what, what checks do I have, which is quite interesting. So mm -hmm. how it works. So I run this command danger on CI, and uh, then I get a comment from the bot on GitHub pull request uh, with some information about this pull request. For example, if I had changed uh, some dependencies, so updated log files, I have a list of these uh, log files and I can check which changes have been made. Uh, I have a breakman integration to check for security warnings and uh, I had some code style related and pull request style related functionality like checking for labels, description, whatever. So it's kind of a helper for better code reviews. You don't have to, you, you can highlight uh, some things you want to highlight or add some checks to prevent some dangerous behavior, for example. But it's really cool. And I'm going to write about how to integrate it with GitHub uh, very soon <laughs> if I find some time. But yeah, that's definitely project worth checking. Nice. We had Orda on the show or on React Roundup and he mentioned Danger. I guess there's a JavaScript version and a Ruby version. So, Yeah, there, there are three versions. I think JavaScript, uh, Swift, and uh, Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. But as I know, Ruby API is more powerful than more plugins for Ruby version. Probably yeah, it's, 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 uh, Ruby. it's the original implementation. So yeah, yeah. It has it's, more to it. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Well, I'm going to throw in some picks. Um, one of the picks that I have is uh, there's an app that my running coach sends me my workouts on. And uh, I've been sick for a couple of months, so I haven't been doing my workouts, but I'm, I'm getting back on it. Um, and, and she's aware of this and, you know, it's been helping me kind of work through it. But um, anyway, I, I still plan to run a marathon in October. But uh, anyway, she sends it through uh, VO2 Max, I think is what it's called, uh, which is um, also incidentally the like a measure of uh, how, what is it, how efficient your body is in converting oxygen to energy or something like that. I am not a doctor. I am a programmer. Anyway, so uh, it, it's, it's a cool app. So if you're working with uh, a coach, then you can just add them in. Or if you just want to keep track of your workouts, it's kind of a cool way to do it. So I'm going to pick that. And then I've been getting back on the keto diet. Uh, I'm diabetic, and so eating low carb, it, yeah, anyway, my body doesn't handle carbs right is, is what I tell people. So I just don't eat them. And uh, I've been tracking that with MyFitnessPal, MyFitnessPal.com. And that's been a terrific way to just keep track of, okay, how much am I, you know, eating and how, yeah how much how many carbs and how much protein and just making sure that everything kind of lines up where it's supposed to so um yeah it's it's a terrific app as well so i'm going to pick those all right vlad well thank you for coming and talking through this with us um i i just love ca catching these stories and figuring out how people got into this stuff so thanks for sharing thank you for having me all right, folks. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up, and we will catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.